Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, the number one Detective Kenner Rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is Colleen. We're back for even more of the Desperate Revival, Colleen. We're covering episode Yay. 190, The Third Choice, and episode 191, The Black Knight today. How excited are you to continue this journey? Oh, I'm very excited. Uh, this has been great so far. Uh, we talked a little bit about how this like continuation of episodes is really a nice change of pace uh, from the sort of self-contained stuff we normally get. So yeah, I'm definitely along for the ride. Although it's clearly like three separate cases. Like even though yeah. it's one arc, there there's like very normal stopping points, and I feel like the way we've separated it will also. Uh, due to my laziness and not wanting to do notes for six episodes at once and not wanting to do a three-hour podcast. <laughs> but, you know, it's also very natural stopping points, I feel like we have. That is true. Uh, I think it's a very good blend of the two styles. Yeah, so let's hop right into episode 190, The Desperate Arrival, The Third Choice. This originally aired May 15th, 2000, and all week, I know you've been thinking about it, the cone intent is iced coffee, Colleen. Um, yeah. These hints, they're either the most useless things, or they are totally obvious and they just give away the trick. The next episode totally gives away the trick. The, ne- the hint for the next episode is very... Yeah. Very bad. Um, so, Conan says, A gun separates Conan and Hybera. Ron has a fantastic performance with someone yeah with the doctor apparently yeah the pervy doctor and uh uh, the episode starts with high bear pointing that gun at conan and she says i'm sorry it seems that the cruel black blood still circulates inside me she says her identity has been discovered by the men in black due to the hideo city hotel case there was another member there in addition to pisco and they figured out that high bear shrunk and discovered her location this morning. While she thought she'd be killed, she was told that they would welcome her back since they want to continue the research on Apatoxin 4869. To prove her loyalty, she has to kill Conan, and she says both her parents and Haiji will be taken care of tomorrow. She apologizes for Agasa being taken hostage, and says that's the only person that she can try to save. She also says, you should thank me. I'm letting you go first so you won't have to see your parents and your friends' dead faces. She then goes to pull the trigger, and Colleen gasps as a bouquet of flowers come out. <laughs> I'm just like, is this Kaido Kid, or who are we watching here? So who had the worst uh, flower display, Haiji or uh, Bear? Uh, It had to be Haiji. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was like the presentation. Haiji had them like slung over his... Uh, shoulder. He didn't really care. Hibera, at least, you know, it, it's kind of like a compact bouquet of roses. I mean, it came out of a gun, so that's kind of a negative, but you, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure everybody watching this kind of felt like there was something up. This was like a test. Hibera wasn't actually going to shoot him. I don't know. What did you think? Oh, is this because deep down you wouldn't shoot Conan, and you know that, so you know that High Bear wouldn't. Is that it? Uh, <laughs> I know I wouldn't. I don't know about what she's thinking. Hmm. She then asked Conan what he would do in this scenario if it was true rather than made up, and she admits, although if that really did happen, they'd probably just kill her and everybody involved with her, rather than letting her live. So. Boy, a heavy start to the episode, Colin. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a pretty heavy ending, so it's kind of nice that they just left, like, picked it up right from that high peak. Um, although Hyper's speech seems really off since we had a bunch of filler episodes since the case she she's referring to. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, I have to, like, go back, way back into my memory <laughs> to get her reference. Uh, I did want to bring up some analysis from our uh, friend of the show, Twitter user XXMapCRXX. Yes, totally. Um, Yes, they they bring up a good point here. Um, Because we do know, as the audience, 
that there was an additional member of the black organization at the Hido City Hotel. So, like, she's saying, like, oh, just imagine if there were. Well, there was, and they just don't know that. And they mention that this seems to be a, a, a type of writing style that Oyama uses quite often, which is proposing something, but uh, actually it's not a proposal, it's foreshadowing in uh, in episodes 176 through 178, that the Hyder City Hotel case. Uh, when Hyperia wakes up the wine storage room, she mentions that if she were in her original body, she might be able to climb out the chimney. Once again, that becomes reality shortly afterward. So she says, uh, they, they say that it's likely that we can use this type of writing style from Moyama to predict future events, whether there will be red herrings around to trip us up. So, uh, interesting, interesting. No, that's a great point and sort of ties into what we were saying earlier about like self-contained versus kind of stringing the episodes along together. Like the, the more he does that, um, the more it does feel like it's one cohesive storyline and it's not just a bunch of cases randomly put together. Um, so I guess what we're really seeing that now, um, rather than maybe in the first like hundred episodes, like I don't know how much foreshadowing was going on there, but definitely with the introduction of more black organization members, um, you do see that a lot more. And I think that also makes the show rewatchable. Um, because now sort of knowing what the future holds, I'm watching it with a totally different light and it's all the more entertaining. Uh, they also bring up, you know, when she fires off the gun, seven roses appear. And, uh, one interpretation of that is I am secretly in love with you. Although that's never really brought up again. Um... Uh, they say that the shippers will always cite this information when discussing High Bear. Apparently Seven Roses is like the special numbers, I guess. Okay. Well, I'm going to pay attention to how many roses are anywhere in a scene when Shinichi and Ron are together. Uh, it's always zero, because they deep down hate each other. Because <laughs> they're never together. <laughs> Conan then asks High Bear what she came here for. And she says that she wants him to put his foot down. She says she, she says he's being swayed by emotions. And she says if you tell her about the organization, I guarantee she will become one of their targets. And she says that he has three plans that he can go with. One, he can continue to coldly go on without telling her. Two, he can tell her the truth and hope the organization never finds out his identity. And then there's a third option that's told off screen as they cut from it. And you're like, well, that's obviously what they're going with. <laughs> yeah. We don't want you to know. It's a surprise. The next day, it's the high school festival. And Ron is surprised at the turnout for the play. Sonica says it's because it's her sign outside that says, The super love romance that surpasses Romeo and Juliet. Do you think that Sonica is a better writer than Shakespeare? Ooh, um, maybe a close uh, second, and you you can leave that up to interpretation if I mean which one is the close second to the other. Are you not a Shakespeare fan? I am, actually. So, uh, Kazuha appears backstage and wishes Ron good luck, which leads to a very awkward exchange between all three of them about dark-skinned men. Right. What? <laughs> Sonico can't believe that Ron didn't call Shinichi about the play and then Conan appears wearing a mask and he says I see so I'm not the only one you called so just going back to that awkward conversation like where Sonico's like she really wanted to see Haiji for some reason I'm telling you if Kazuha and Makoto weren't in the picture we would have a very very interesting couple on our hands not really a ship it's more like a paddle boat but I'm just saying it would be interesting <laughs> Sonica and Haiji, that would be interesting. That is a good point. I would love to see it. Like, some alternate reality, please. I, I just want a little bit of that. It doesn't have to be the main story. Or just seeing them interact a bit more. I don't even need the romance. But, uh, that would be I fun. will take that, too. Indeed. I feel... I'll bring this up more towards the end of uh, this episode. But I feel like... There's certain stuff about the manga where two particular moments 
come across way better in the manga than the anime. That's particularly uh, two reveals. And I, when I see Ken wearing a mask here, there's just something about... I think they like took into consideration the design a little bit more. But like you can look at the eyes. It doesn't really look like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just something always seems off about the character model. And uh, yeah. So there's two... I think the manga is kind of more better with the, the shocks for the desperate revival for this reason but I'll, I'll talk about that more in a bit uh a ride then uh calls over ron to discuss the final line and kogo wishes her luck as he conan and kazaha go back to their seats we then see a woman named kugami mai holding several drinks and she gives one out to matana yuta who is a guard at baker general hospital she asks matani to hand out the rest as she has to use the restroom and her co-worker, Noda Ayumi, tells her to be quick. Turns out that Kugami got iced coffee. Noda got orange. A doctor named Kamada Kohei also got iced coffee. And Matani got oolong tea. So you know somebody's going to die when they start going into drink specifics for this random people that we've <laughs> never seen before. That's right. Um, yeah, especially when you like see, okay, there's... The same order here. Let's be on high alert, I guess. Kamada opens his drink's lid and says, Did she? Before looking angrily over at a high school senior named Ninagawa Ayako. <laughs> I honestly thought it was more serious than what it ended up being. <laughs> He's still, like so did angry. She? He's like, oh, I can't believe she didn't, did she? <laughs> The play then begins, and we see Ron as a hopeless maiden. Kogoro embarrassingly cheers on his daughter, and it's time for the big scene involving the knight, as the princess is surrounded by members of a rival kingdom, and uh, an upset Kazaha, who was complaining earlier, she's like, oh, it's so embarrassing to be sitting next to Kogoro. She gets overly invested, (laughs) and she yells out, Ron, use your karate. You can take care of these freaks. So, poor Ron, she's just performing in front of the biggest like embarrassments yeah <laughs> um there's actually a shot where we see kogoro kazan like quote-unquote conan sitting beside each other in the audience and once you realize you know who is actually sitting together it's like the most odd assortment of characters at least in my mind since none of them have really talked to the other so it's just like uh especially uh what with um Kazuha not really knowing either of them like Kogoro still thinks Conan's there anyways it's just it's such a funny scene I think a crow's feather then flies down on the stage and a knight drops down in dramatic fashion after being saved Ron asks the knight to take off his dark mask and to show her his true face instead he grabs her and he lifts her into his arms and she says sensei this isn't written in the script. However, the man continues to hold her, and Kogoro grumbles, That bastard! He can't do that when my daughter is almost at a marriageable age. I seem to recall Kogoro, uh, like, setting them up, quasi-setting them up in that episode when Arahid is yeah. introduced. Well, it's after he turned her down, so now he knows he just wants her body calling. Yeah. And Kogoro's going into protective dad mode. Kaza prevents him from interfering, and then a person that looks like Shinichi wearing a hat sits next to Conan. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) I love that you said, like, a person that looks like Shinichi. Because I don't know if, like, we were supposed, as viewers, we were supposed to be uh, curious as to who this person was. Like, it's pretty obvious who they look like. Or are trying to look like. Ron asks Sonica for instruction, but she just holds up a sign that says, Just keep going. Turns out in the storyline that the Knight of Spade, who is banned from this land by her father, is now the Prince of Trump Kingdom. The two had a childhood promise, childhood promise and Ron asks for a kiss. And Kogar yells out, You idiot! What are you saying, Ron? <laughs> And they're about to kiss Colleen, but then a woman screams after Kamada is on the ground after drinking uh, his uh, iced coffee, Colleen. So we have a murder. 
Well, we have our murder, and I have expected Kaza to be like, stop interrupting the play. <laughs> um, Let them kiss. Also, Kogro was the one practicing with Ron for the play, so he should know that this was coming. He just got wrapped up in the moment, Colleen. Evidently. Oh, gosh. I love Kogro. Just Plus, I think when he was practicing, it was still it was still Sonica that was supposed to be in the role. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, he conveniently, I don't know, what, did, was he not informed of the cast change? Because I'm pretty sure we found out, like, mid-episode, last episode. Since he knows the script... He knows that they're going off the script with him holding her, lifting her in the air. He knows something's up. Yeah. They're being awfully clingy. Megary and the police arrive and they suspect that he was poisoned. The kegger then walks over and Megary says, that murder magnet he even brought a disaster to his <laughs> own daughter's high school. The Shinichi lookalike who totally sounds like a Tori. So this this kind of killed this reveal for me, too. Because it's so obvious who it is as soon as you hear him talk. It sounds nothing like Junichi. Yeah, in the manga, when he starts talking, uh, like, his uh, way of speech is still fine. Like, you can, you're not really sure who's talking. Like, you're thinking it's Shinichi. But then, at a certain point, um, in, like, the way that uh, Harley's written, like, he ha- he talks like, well, don't you think like that kind of style? So like, once the writing starts changing, you realize who it is. But you're right, like in the anime, he's not even trying to hide his accent at all. So you definitely uh, are spoiled a lot earlier on yeah. than in the ma- manga. Yeah, it's immediately you're like, oh wow, this <laughs> this is totally him. <laughs> so yeah, this is one of the things where I just thought it went better without the. Uh... The voice acting in the manga, uh, but uh, fake Shinichi says the cause of death was potassium cyanide, and he says that when dead people lose oxygen in their blood, um, oh, he says that dead people lose oxygen in their blood, but his lips and nails are pink rather than purple. That's proof he died from potassium cyanide as it interferes with the electron transmissions in his body, so the oxygen in the blood passes through without being used. Then says we'll know for sure if traces of almond are found in his mouth, which the doctor confirms. The strange man says that he was sitting next to Kogoro, but Kogoro never noticed. He then points at Conan and says the kid can confirm he was sitting there. Kogoro feels like he's seen this person before, and he says, You've forgotten about me already? And I came back after all this time? How cool. I'm Kudo Shinichi, he says, after taking off the hat. You gotta admit, he does look the part. He did a good job. Um, he did a decent job, but, uh, I mean, this reveal is just too funny. His voice, on the one hand, and then his eyebrows, they're too thick to be Shinichi's, so, um, yeah, it's, it's close, though. Wow, you know the eyebrows of Shinichi? (laughs) You nerd. That's, like, the most, um, the most apparent, uh, visual cue that's off like the hair is great i mean the skin tone like <laughs> it's it's odd what's you know it's heiji but his skin tone's off so the eyebrows are definitely something that gave it away if well i mean you know let's be real the accent did but when you actually see the face it's the eyebrows yeah everybody's shocked by this especially ron who doesn't buy it and kazuha immediately says <laughs> What are you doing, Haiji? <laughs> and she totally blows <laughs> his cover. That. She removes the powder on his face. Kagura and Megari then yell at Haiji for pulling this weird prank. And he wipes everything off. And instantly goes back to his regular look. And he's like, oh, I thought I'd shock everybody by dressing up like Kudo. <laughs> I don't know how he did his and... hair, too. Because he's just, like, <laughs> wiping off his face. And then his hair goes back to his usual hairstyle. <laughs> Megary replies, saying, oh, we don't need even more people acting stupid like Mori. And Kagura <laughs> just looks at him. He's like, what? We're getting some great zingers from Megary in this episode. He's really just lost his patience for Kagura. And I'm here for that. <laughs> it's like Turns this running inside joke 
between Megure and nobody else. Like, between Megure and the audience, I guess, because Kogoro doesn't get it. Turns out that Hattori's plan was to sit next to Kunin and have Ron see them in the audience together. Kagami explains that she bought all four drinks from the nearby stall and then went to the washroom. Mitani then gave the drinks out, although everybody touched Kamada's drink. Kagami explains that all four of them were graduates of this high school and former drama club members. There's always a club for some reason. It's not even relevant here. <laughs> like, they could have just been co-workers. This is not needed. I, yeah, I, I see your point, but then uh, on the other hand, like, uh, my question was like, what are they doing here in the first place? When we realized they're graduates, I'm like, okay, still a little odd. Drama club, okay, they came to see the play. So that's sort of my line of thinking. Why is it odd? It's the high school festival. They want people to come. You're supporting the school. Well, we see yeah, somebody well, doesn't support I... their, their local schools <laughs> and activities. Yeah, I no. <laughs> I mean, unless I know somebody, <laughs> I'm not gonna go wow how rude since they're co-workers they come here each year as a yearly tradition they mentioned that kamada was so happy that his doctorate might have finally been accepted kugami is asked why she bought all the drinks and says it was crowded so she asked the others to find drinks kamada then came to help her but then he saw somebody and went back to his seat in a rush this is a really funny scene where he's like i gotta go Never mind, I'll see you there in the seat. Yeah, it was it was really fast how like he uh he got there and then like a split second later he's like, Oh, never mind. The high schooler, Ninagawa, then says it was because she was one of the vendors. Everybody recognizes her as she's the boss's daughter at the hospital. Natori says all these suspects are here now. Kagami argues that since she also got a nice coffee she would have gave him the poison drink herself to make sure she didn't get it. Matani says he had no time to slip in the poison, which Noda echoes. They also bring up that potassium cyanide kills immediately, and Kamada was able to drink most of his drink before dying. Tori says he is sure that one of the four is the culprit, and the episode ends. Did anybody stick out as particularly uh, suspicious here, Colleen? Uh, yes, and I don't, I can't tell if it's because I remembered who it was, or if I, like, it was like an inkling, but, uh, it was, um, uh, I have her written down as Mai, it's her last name, uh, or maybe Mai's her last uh, name. Kugami? The one who brought the, uh, yeah. It's Kugami, the Kugami, yeah. Over. Kugami. So I, I, I thought everybody was innocent. Because I believe women, but... Aw. <laughs> oh, and, and like, so you didn't suspect anything? Even the man. No. I thought it was a suicide. So, I was with Kogoro. Okay, you're going with Kogoro's there. Okay, cool. <laughs> Everything's a suicide, according to Kogoro. The next Conan's hint is ice, which kind of gives away the most vital part of that. It's barely a hint. It's more like next Conan's evidence. <laughs> Right? Kenan says, next episode he'll finally be here. And Hattori says, he won't, he won't. I can do this alone. And then Kazuha says, no way. Oh, wow. Kazuha. Showing some real confidence in her man right there. So, Colleen, what do you think of episode 190? The, de- the desperate revival of the third choice. Um, you know, just it keeps on being excellent, uh, this whole arc. I'm a sucker for a school play episode in anime, especially when the romantic interests are put in a position that they may kiss, so that was right up my alley. Um, I really like this mishmash of plans converging, too. Uh, you have, like, some, I don't know, I guess we've already spoiled it, you have Hybera playing Conan, and Heiji playing Shinichi, but they didn't talk about it beforehand. So they're both like working towards the same goal, but they have different plans that may mess up the other person's plan. So I found that really entertaining once you know who's who. Um, and then like just the insertion of this murder mystery as well is great because like there's just so much going on, but it's all so beautifully, um, it, 
everything is given its own time to shine and the story flows really naturally. It's not clunky at all. Uh, the one thing that uh, I think I benefited from reading the manga was that I realized that there's actually a tie between like this case and in the previous episode where we see the shadowy figure at the hospital. Like had I, and it might just be because there I had like a, basically a week long break like everybody else I guess would have in the original run I had a, that break between episodes so I I was like okay wait a minute who they're not going back to that shadowy figure in the hospital what was that all about but uh, I realized that there's a connection there so um yeah it's uh it was good that I ended up reading the manga and um I I think it's a very faithful adaptation so I'm excited for the next part. Yeah, so that that suspicious person in the hospital stealing the cyanide. That was the killer here. And it makes sense because they all work at the hospital. So it makes even more sense. Exactly. I wonder if maybe, like, if you pay close attention, you'll even, like, see these people in the the last episode in the hospital. Oh, yeah. I didn't go back and check, but that would seem like a smart thing to do. That would be great. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. Um, I do, it's not even like a beef with the case itself. I'm just kind of like, can we get to the Ron and Janichi part? <laughs> like, let's get this crime solved and move forward. Kind of seems in the way. But um, it's a it's a good mystery. I, I wasn't sure who did it. Um, and it's interesting trying to figure out how he was poisoned. Because, you know, the cop doesn't have poison. You're like, what, what, what what's going on here? Um, so yeah, this was a solid episode. I like the play stuff, like you said, and, uh, the, the, uh, stuff with Hattori is really fun. And then we see this Conan with a mask and then we have this mysterious knight and we see a ride, uh, elsewhere. So it doesn't seem like it's him. You're like, who is this person? So, uh, yeah, lots of good mysteries and then, uh, a murder mystery that's not as good as the other mysteries. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I re- really like this episode. I do want to give thanks to our Patreon supporters, medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and Big Chief Mason. Thank you for making this show possible. Thanks, guys. We truly appreciate it. And let's move on to episode 191, The Desperate Revival, The Black Knight. This originally oh, aired at night. Uh, this originally aired... May 22nd, 2000, and Conan says, The long-awaited appearance of Spark sets off the adult's sharp deduction. What's the spark? A spark. Hmm. Not sure about that one. (laughs) I don't know. So, the episode begins with Takagi finding milk and gum syrup. What the hell's gum syrup? (laughs) I don't drink coffee. Um, I don't And I googled gum syrup and nothing was coming up. Oh, okay. So I, I think this is, might be a translation thing. That's how they translate it in the manga, too. And there's like an editorial note that says, In Japan, people sweeten their coffee with gum syrup instead of sugar. So I'm like, all right, I'll go with that. Okay, I guess it is a thing. Across the Pacific, Japan has been on the gum syrup bandwagon for decades as sweetener of choice in coffee, both iced and hot. Okay, so yeah. And then it's also spelled... G-O-M-M-E, sometimes. It has both the so. properties of gum and syrup. It's a little Does hisoka what? thing. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. I was like, this reminds me of uh, Hunter Hunter too much. Okay. So yeah, gum syrup, it's a thing. Alright, it's good to know. They're not making up shit. <laughs> So yeah, they found uh, milk and gun syrup in Kamada's pocket, showing that he didn't use either in his drink. Haji asked if he always drank his coffee black, and they say he usually put in milk and gum syrup in it. Inagawa then reveals that he didn't have coffee inside his drink, but rather Coke. Uh, Inagawa purposefully gave him the wrong drink, as she thought he'd come back for a drink exchange, and then he would ask her why she denied his marriage proposal. Very normal <laughs> things to talk about right before the play. I'm sorry, a marriage proposal? There's like a 10-year age gap here. I mean, not that that's, you know, 
bad or anything. Like you guys do. I mean, it is when it's a high high schooler. Yeah, exactly. I know she later says like, oh, after I graduated, we were supposed to get married, but I turned him down or whatever, or I broke up with him. So I don't know. I guess they were going to wait until she graduated, but still it's, it's, eh, eh. She's, uh, hey, you were talking about wanting to be, uh, in the woods with Conan, so. <laughs> right. But you put me on the right path. You said, don't you want to be there with Shinichi? And I said, Okay, yeah, instead. Well, that's probably still a 10-year gap. Think about it. Yeah. He's a high schooler. <laughs> it is. But he's been a high schooler for, what, 20 years? <laughs> True. Um, she says that they were going to get married after she graduated, but she got nervous and called it off with a phone call last week. He then refused to see her afterward. Kugami then understands why her drink was also a Coke and says she almost put her milk and syrup in it as well. Kagura then says to Meguri that it could have been a suicide after the shock of being dumped by a teenager. Just how he puts it so <laughs> bluntly. It's quite funny. Oh, Kagura's great. Like, this guy was just like, I can't believe I was dumped by a teenager. It's time to end it. <laughs> Kugami and Matani then mentioned that Kamada was looking for something in his car and said it was his license. Meguri tells Takagi to investigate the car, and we see Conan staring down the night backstage. Hitori then theorizes with Conan about the suspect, but Conan <laughs> moves Hitori's hand and just walks away while he's talking. And Hitori is like, that. wait up, you rude little jerk. And Kazuha's like, wow, they really are such good friends, the Ron. I'm like, are you really seeing that, Kazuha? Because... Like Conan totally just brushed brushed off his hand, and it was hilarious because I was watching for that. I'm like, this is totally something that Hibera would do <laughs> when Heiji put his hand on her shoulder. It was perfect. Yeah, these notes are really confusing to read since I know who's who and who's not who, <laughs> and so it's like there's like five characters that we're using the wrong name for. Meanwhile, Sonic complains about the play getting canceled, and that's now raining. The festive mood is completely gone, she says. Ride then says that it can't be helped after something like this happens, and that there's always a next time. Takagi then returns and says he found something that looks to be potassium cyanide in Kamada's dashboard. Since no traces were found in the four cups, Meguri's certain this is a suicide. So Meguri is being fooled by Kokura's suicide talk this time. <laughs> no, Meguri, don't. Fall for it. Don't get on the suicide bandwagon. However, somebody interrupts and tells Megari to wait. None other than a knight who says it was a murder rather than a suicide. Ron realizes the voice, and that's when we hear the voice of reason, Hibera, say, No, don't do it. You're not allowed to stand on center stage right now. You can't bring yourself into the light. Don't you understand that? And uh, he doesn't understand that. And nope. the that detective figure. nerd just so, wants in on the action. Yeah, uh, the mysterious figure says that Kamada's incurable habit was used against him, and the culprit still has evidence on them. The knight then takes off the mask, and it's revealed that it's Shinichi underneath. We then see Conan, who is actually Hibera in disguise, call him an idiot. <laughs> right on. She's so right. What can I say? Shinichi's reveal, I was grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> I was like, Yep, this is what we've been waiting... Well, what I've been waiting for. I don't know if anybody else cares. This is made even more irresponsible in retrospect when you know who else is lurking about. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Big what are you doing, kid? So, Ron is in disbelief and looks back at Conan. So is Hattori, who says, that guy's kudo. And then he looks at Conan and he says, and that guy's kudo. <laughs> What is going on? If only he was still in disguise, too. And then Kazuha's like, so he really is a man. Because if you remember, the first time we meet Kazuha, it's because uh, Haiji wouldn't shut up about Kudo, and <laughs> she thought it was a girl he was yeah. obsessed with. So. That's also so she's pretty, relieved. Yeah, that's also a pretty uh, far back like reference. So, um, but yeah, that's... A, that's a great line from Kaza. <laughs> the students then begin chanting Kudo's name, and he asks them to quiet as they'll celebrate after he lowers the curtain on this bloody stage. 
And Sonica watches on, and she says, that man still loves to reach out to his fans. And we saw all the girls are like, goo-goo-eyed. Oh, Shinichi. So that's that's what you were doing, too? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> sure. Um, but now, I guess I need to retract my statement. I, I keep saying, like, oh, I want to, you know, meet Shinichi's friends. Why doesn't he have any friends, like, on the soccer team or anything? It's because Shinichi Kudo doesn't have friends. He has fans. <laughs> There's a difference. Oh, God. Ron asks if it's really Shinichi, and he calls Ron a fool. He then says that he has something important to tell her later, and for her to not to run off. Shinichi then asks Hattori for a dime, and he's like, It's gonna cost you. <laughs> okay. Shinichi says the trick is quite simple. If you use ice, as potassium cyanide is not soluble in water. However, it can be inserted into ice if you puncture a hole in the center, then plug it with an ice pick. And place the refrozen ice in the Kamada's war- cup. It seems like so much work. <laughs> wow. Like, how can... If I tried to put, like, puncture ice like that, I would just crack the ice. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. But anyhow, that way Kamada wouldn't feel the poison until after he drank most of these, most of his drink. The reason why there weren't traces in the cup were due to Kamada having a habit of eating ice cubes. Kegaru says it's impossible for Matani and Noda to have done it. Wait, why did I say Kegaru? That was definitely Shinichi. Kogoro wasn't saying that kind of stuff. Yeah. Shinichi says it's impossible for Matani and Noda to have done it. It also wasn't Ninagawa, as she wouldn't have messed up the order if she wanted him to drink it. Instead, it was the person who ordered the same thing as him, Kugami. So you're right, Colleen. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tyler. They... One person wasn't innocent. She pretended to put her milk and syrup in at the stall while actually putting in the poison ice. She also bought the drinks, brought the drinks just before the play began so that it would be troublesome to exchange them. Meguri asks how she held the poisoned ice cubes, and Shinichi says he found out via the washroom's garbage can. He then pulls out a plastic frog lip wallet. I never knew that was what they were called. It makes sense that it does look like a frog, mm-hmm. but... uh. I think I've actually seen them look like frogs. I might be making this up, but I think in Naruto, they actually make them look like frogs. Ah. And then Takagi takes the wallet to go analyze it. Shinichi says with some small dry ice, that wallet could carry the poison cubes for a long time without melting. So that means she flushed dry ice down the toilet and threw away the wallet after giving the drinks. Kagami says Shinichi is a great detective, but she didn't hand out the drinks and says, Can I really put in poison when I don't know which iced coffee Kamada will be given? She asks. Shinichi then says that it isn't a 50-50 chance as she put poison ice cubes in both drinks. He says she pretended to eat the cubes and then spat the ice into her hand and hit it. So, she's tricky, Colin. Yeah, very tricky. And it's just like, you think you know how the case is going to unravel? And then you realize, oh, it's not exactly like I thought the moment that he said, oh, you know, it's a hundred percent chance because you took the poison as well. I thought like her, like I, I thought she had like a remedy on her or something like that. But no, she literally just spat it out. I don't think there's a remedy for potassium cyanide, is there? Oh, okay, maybe not. I have no clue. I don't know either, but that doesn't seem like something you can safely take because it's instant death. So I don't think like. You can have something to really nullify that. I don't know. Shinichi then tosses a dime, which goes into her hood. Tori pulls up the dime and says all the rust is gone and it's now sparkling. This is due to a chemical reaction caused by the potassium cyanide. Megari is surprised that Shinichi found, figured it out. And Kugami says it's due to the rain. When she went to show Takagi the car, she didn't put her hood up. Damn. All those small details are always going to get you. Kigami then admits to killing Kamada and says he doesn't deserve to be called a doctor. She says a patient at the hospital had symptoms that contradicted the theory he was going to propose, so he let the person's condition worsen and die by giving him the wrong medication. What a dick. Yeah, this was, um, her motive was intriguing because she had no personal connection to this person or, like, any of 
what was like you know it wasn't like a family member that this happened to so she was kind of just doing it out of like oh well this this guy was a horrible doctor i learned that last week she says i went out with him after he was dumped by ayako he was laughing rather than regretting it he said mockingly someone can control a man's life you get pushed around by a teenage girl what kind of stupid society do we live in now well now he's not living in it colleen yeah, he gone. I guess he doesn't have to be embarrassed by being dumped by a high schooler. She says it's even more dumb to let someone like him be a doctor and admits to putting the cyanide in his dashboard and admits that she hid his license. She says that Shinichi is lucky it rained or he wouldn't have figured it out. However, he says he was going to have the police investigate her clothing either way. Shinichi suspected her ever since she showed the unused milk and gum syrup since she arrived late after going to the bathroom and it was dark inside the auditorium, she shouldn't have been able to tell that it was Coke rather than coffee by lifting the lid. She then she is then taken away by the police. So, womp womp. Oh, well. Kazuha remarks that Hattori was more like the assistant than the magician today. And he says, there's nothing I could do. This is Tokyo. I had to let Kudo hold the flowers. <laughs> Megari calls Shinichi reliable, and Kogura says he's nothing compared to him. Shinichi then declines to meet with the reporters and asks Megari to keep his involvement a secret. Kudo then starts to feel the effects of shrinking again, and then falls to the floor clutching his chest. We then get a flashback uh, back to that hospital scene where Hybera gives Conan a prototype antidote, and she says that it uses Paikaru, that uh, Chinese liquor's chemical uh, composition, and that he might die. And she's like, so what are these, which of these plans are you going to do? And obviously he went with the risky one. Back in the present, Ron checks on Shinichi and he falls to the ground while fearing that sh she will learn his true identity. And Ron cries out yelling Shinichi. And that's when we see him wake up in the nurse's office. However, he didn't shrink, Colleen. Is he here to stay? Oh, he's cured for good. Yeah, it's weird that they never changed the show title to Detective Shinichi. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear that from now on, that's who's going to be the main character, right? Although maybe it stays this way because Hibera just pretends to be Conan the rest of the episodes. So she's the new main character. <laughs> she just wears a mask and scowls at people. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, Conan sure became a dick. But uh, that's how it is. <laughs> I, like, I, I can only picture like what the detective boys would do if that happened. So... Colleen, what do you think about episode 191, The Desperate Revival of the Black Knight? I thought it was really great. Um, it tied in so beautifully with the first episode, so it kind of feels like a two-parter. Um, and instead of like, you know, they're more self-contained. Like the, the first, very first episode in the arc did kind of finish off in the second one, but then the second one, it felt like, they went into a different kind of like a break period so uh they were like starting up something new and then again like this is yet another uh piece of the story so they do have those natural breaks that you were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast um but i still love how all of the episodes are stringed together so that you get foreshadowing and i think it'd be great if they did that all the time like just in general in the show but i know that that would mess with the self-contained formatting that it goes with. But uh, still, you know, Detective Conan is great in whatever form. Um, the mystery was good, too, I thought. Um, it's, it's one of those more memorable ones for me. And, uh, I mean, aside the fact that Shinichi's the one that uh, solves it, like the whole ice with the potassium cyanide and... Uh, I'm always uh, intrigued by the the cases where, like, the person, the culprit, uses um, knowledge of a certain habit that the victim has to their advantage. So the fact that this ice, like, that was his thing, like, they they took that and ran with it. Like, that that's always, you know, 
I, I think it's really good planning on a culprit's part, I guess. Um, you know, I guess she didn't plan well enough because she got caught in the end. Um, if I had to critique the mystery part of the episode, it would be that, um, like the follow along with us at home type of, uh, aspect was, um, it was good for the most part, but then there's that piece where Shinichi finds the frog lipped wallet and that's done off screen. So you're just like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to have to accept that. Like there, because otherwise, like I don't know how she could have transported the ice. But you know, you just take take it as you will, because they're obviously not going to show you every little piece to the case. Um, I really liked the whole school play thing and um, Shinichi's Shinichi's reveal. Uh, I don't know. It was like it's obvious, but you're still it's still like there is this bit of exhilaration because you know he's a character that we don't see that often and he happened to be like in this fancy costume so there's something very kind of dramatic about it um this and with like the voiceover of Hybera saying no don't do it like there is just this build up to the reveal so uh yeah overall great case like oh gosh Kogro was so good Megari had some great one-liners Kaza and Haiji like them you know duking it out playing it off of each other like playing like these one-liners off of each other it, it just all it was all working for me um yeah i thought the reveal for shinichi was really well done you know it was exciting to there's some good drama with it thanks to high bear there and it was very grand and you're wondering you know as a viewer how is he back how did he come you know was it just the alcohol because it was it due to you know him being sick because you know we had him having that cold before and you know like oh is it due to that that he was able to was the, the gunshot you know affect it so there's a lot of things converging there uh, i thought the episode did a lot to clear up some of the mysteries from before you know with like the person lurking around the hospital and still laying a lot of interesting groundwork especially with him not shrinking at the end so i'm excited to see how this wraps up because this is kind of all I remember of the uh, Desperate Revival. I kind of don't remember okay. what happens next. So I'm interested in seeing what happens with the final, you know, third of this little arc here. Because this is about where my memory ends. I remember the the scene with the, uh, the knight. I remember him getting shot. All the shogi. And then it's like, I don't really know. So I'm excited to watch the uh, see how this all concludes. Uh, the case itself was fine. I don't, I didn't think it was particularly strong, but I didn't think it was bad or anything. Uh, but I thought it was elevated by just all the different interesting, you know, subplots going on. We had Conan there. We, we had, uh, Shinichi there and you're like, what the hell's going on? You had, uh, uh, Hi uh there. So it was an interesting mix of characters that helped a kind of like ho-hum case, uh, stay interesting and it, it was, again, it's more kind of like the backdrop to this greater story being told. Like, it's not like this is dependent on the little murder mystery interlude being top tier. Um, so yeah, I really liked the episode. You know, obviously super important since Shinichi's back. It'll be interesting to see how this continues and wraps up. The uh, next kind of intent is location on a watch. Which <laughs> I love the. I don't even know what that it means. It was funny, like the little image that they showed it was literally like you know the two hands of a clock i was like okay um i don't know how that plays into it because i i kind of remember what happens next um but i can't re recall what the clues like what this hint is for uh but i'm with you i'm like like i remember pieces of what happens next but i can't remember like ron's uh take on all of this because you know up until now I guess we were supposed to believe that she, uh, like, thought that Shinichi was Conan, and now she, I guess, doesn't think that anymore because the two of them are standing side by side. Um, so we'll see what Ron, you know, ends yeah. up thinking after all of this, and we'll see what happens to Shinichi because, let's be real, he's going to turn back into Conan. I'm predicting it. <laughs> I'm bold. <laughs> A bold prediction.
Um, Cannon says, Cannon says next time. And then I'm really bad at telling which female speaker is saying what. I think Sonicus says, "Geez, Ron is consumed by love." And then I think Hyberus says, "How long will this last?" But I'm not 100% sure either way. I'm really bad at like just when you isolate one of the female characters' voices. I'm kind of like, "Was that Sonica? Was that Kaza?" And it's like I can tell them if I have like the visuals. Well, I, I hope can, you like, could with the out. visuals. But, I don't know, especially when they're just. It's just when they're really quick, like yeah, one sentence. If there's not I'm enough like, uh, intonation, too, like if Sonico's not, you know, bursting at every line that she's saying, or Kaza doesn't have her accent, then yeah, it's hard to tell. I'm with you. All right, so yeah, exciting to get to the end of the Desperate Revival. We have a couple more uh, words here from XX Maps ERXX. They say. That the introduction, the introduction to the face mask speaker, which is what High Bear was using to sound like Conan, is a setup for episode 345, which is quite a bit away. And apparently, uh, classmates of Shinichi, I totally missed this. Uh, classmates of Shinichi mentions a new English teacher with a great body. No. Did you hear okay. that? I didn't even I mean, catch that in the monk. <laughs> uh, which is it? Yeah, that's a setup for a new character, but I didn't. Yeah, maybe that's next episode. I don't yeah, know. definitely, because that we'll is keep that some real foreshadowing, and um, I don't even know when uh, that character gets introduced. It's, it's not too yeah, far. Yeah, so we'll keep that in mind. It's in like the two forty. Oh, okay. Think, yeah. When she gets introduced, something around there. So we'll, we'll be meeting her soon enough. So yeah, that'll do it for this one. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at case underscore reopen or on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash case reopen. And we appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back to finish off this desperate revival here soon next week. So thank you guys for continuing to listen. Yes, thanks everyone. Uh, I hope you're having fun <laughs> listening to us because we're having fun watching the desperate revival. Uh, I I think we are at least right, Tyler. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but either way, fun or not, we'll be here next week, and uh, we'll see and you remember, then. Bye. One truth always prevails.